It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we start as we will many times between now and the NFL draft with Joe Burrow updates, although maybe this will be the last one we have for a while. It seems like a lot of storylines kind of get put to rest in the news cycle in the last three days or so. We also will touch on the Bengals' new linebackers coach. Some other coach quotes that are circulating out there. Various outlets are citing the Alex Van Pelt and Brian Callahan quotes on Burrow. And Zach Taylor also did an interview with Jeff Hobson on Bengals.com. Then we'll get into the free agency outlook and the salary cap outlook long term as this year really feels like it might be different. But first, the Joe Burrow updates. Since winning the national championship, national talk media has focused a lot on Joe Burrow and his connection, obviously, to the Cincinnati Bengals. The last few days, however, have put a lot of those storylines to rest. But we'll start with the first news update, which is that Joe Burrow will not be attending the Senior Bowl. Jim Nagy said that he talked to Burrow over the weekend and that he's going to spend time with his family and... That doesn't really matter, but Joe, that means the Bengals will have a lot more time to spend with Justin Herbert. That's right, and coming into this year, we would have said Justin Herbert would be a top-five pick, maybe the head of the class along with Tua Tungvaloa. He didn't have that type of season to capture that top spot, and Joe Burrow obviously ran away with it. What I think this does mean, though, is they get a little bit more hands-on time with Herbert, and while they may still have Joe Burrow as the number one clear-cut pick, it may solidify the next ranking or the next spot for Justin Herbert. And all that really could mean is while we pretty much think the Bengals will take Burrow at one, it it may mean if a team offers a whole bunch of picks for that first pick, the Bengals could feel comfortable moving back to three, four, or five and taking Justin Herbert. But it would be quite a haul, at least for the Bengals to even entertain the offer and there's a number of stories that support this idea and then you have to wonder who has the capital to actually make that sort of move Tyler Dragon reported this week that the Bengals are zeroing in on Joe Burrow you can tell from the writing coming from bengals.com that the conversation inside the building is certainly focused on Joe Burrow common sense tells us The Bengals are going to draft the best quarterback. The best quarterback season, probably in college football history, belongs to Joe Burrow. So lots of reasons 
to not overthink this thing. There's also the Adam Schefter report that the Bengals aren't interested in trading back. And then, of course, the Trey Wingo quote tweet that is, a.k.a. blow us away. And that's what it would take. And I think that's exactly Trey Wingo's right on the on the analysis there that you would have to come in and they're not going to answer the phone for a first or second round first couple first round picks. I think this would have to be just a major across the league shot of, hey, five first round picks plus, I mean, just insane amount of draft capital to get the Bengals to move off number one and Joe Burrow. At least that's how we feel on the Locked On Bengals podcast and probably how they feel in the building just because Joe Burrow does so many things so well. Other quarterback news, Tua Tagovailoa reportedly will be ready to do a throwing program before the draft, probably after the combine. His agent said that his recovery, his rehab is going well. And that's got to be surprising for NFL teams to see that kind of injury and that Tua is going to be able to put on a throwing program before the draft. How fast he came back from those tightrope surgeries, maybe he really is the bionic man. And this should solidify him as a top five pick if he is healthy. Benjamin Albright, who knocked down the idea that the Dolphins would want to trade up to number one for Joe Burrow with the Bengals, said they're zeroing in on Tua Tungvaloa with that fifth pick and could potentially trade up to three or four. So if there is a trade up in this draft, we expect that that might be Miami trying to move up to three. He even speculated two, although consensus around the league is that Washington will stay put there and draft Chase Young, who is said to be the best defensive line prospect in quite a while. I feel like we say that every year at that particular position like we said it last year some people said it anyway about Bosa we've said it about defensive interior linemen year after year so we'll see maybe Chase Young will truly be the generational type but no Joe Burrow to the senior bowl to a well throw and we'll see how it all shakes out the senior bowl starts really festivities start today Monday and continue through the week we'll have updates from the senior bowl as the week goes on guys Let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm... You've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. We've also got Abco Safety as our third time returning sponsor on the Locked On Bengals podcast, a safety distributor located in Cincinnati. They've partnered with 3M to sponsor Joe and I 
and we, as always, greatly appreciate their patronage. They will save you money on your safety budget, and they have quite a lot of cool stuff. Joe, what are you looking at today? Cool stuff, indeed. I always end up finding my way over to the lighting section, because I like lights. I like to put them around in the basement, flashlights in different spots, just in case there's ever a zombie apocalypse or the power goes out. I know where the secret flashlight is, but this is a strobe light, and I wonder what kind of fun I can have with that. All sorts. Make sure you put out the proper warnings, however. Check out their website, www.abcosafety.com, for a full list of their inventory. But keep in mind, those are retail prices, and they'll save you money if you become a corporate customer with corporate pricing. You can give them a call at 513-672-1818. Mention Lockdown Bengals so they know you came from the podcast. That's 513-672-1818. So if you expected us to react to some of that news from the first segment about uh, zeroing in on on Joe Burrow, which I think we all expected and could kind of feel, I I think there's definitely a swell going on of it's going to be Joe Burrow. Not that we didn't fully expect this since maybe since they clinched the first pick. So week 16, that was. But now it's being slowly confirmed or at least trickled and we're getting breadcrumbs. So Tyler Dragon's report, I think we all did a quick – you know, virtual high five on that. But then the, the proposed trade rumors that big media sent around or people kind of uh, thought up on the spot. And then that's really what it was. The, the Dolphins won or the Panthers. We I would trade up if I were them to got turned into are the Panthers and Dolphins trying to trade up. And quickly I was told and I saw other people say, no, that's relax. Nothing's going on. And then you see Adam Schefter's report of they're not trading the first pick, which pretty much confirms again Tyler Dragon's report of the Bengals are zeroing in on Joe Burrow, which uh, I guess my reaction is good and expected, and here we go. Yeah, I think that this kind of puts to rest. There's a lot of anxiety in Bengals Twitter, presumably in the Bengals fan base in general, around, oh, the Bengals are going to, you know, they're going to trade back. They're going to fall in love with Justin Herbert. They're going to... But, I mean, anybody watching the tape on these guys can see Joe Burrow just does so much so well. Urban Meyer talked about how he's such a hard worker, put in the time to get his arm strength going, to figure out how to move through his progressions more quickly. And he has that, that adequate arm strength to, to better than adequate arm strength. Depending on who you ask, actually, Mike sure. Renner would tell you that he's got an above average arm. But you ask Lance Zerline and he's going to tell you that that's like a C-plus arm. So depends on who you ask. You're going to get differing reports on the arm strength report, but that doesn't really matter. But regardless, it's, it is exciting. It's nice to know, to get that affirmation from these sources. It's like, you know, we talked about last week, Jimmy Burrow's comments, and now you got Schefter, Albright, Tyler Dragon, all these guys that are generally going to be in the know telling Jake us. Jake Lisko. Jake Lisko, of course. Joe, Joe Goodberry, of course, right. from the Locked On Bengals podcast. You're local experts who live in Canada and Buffalo, but that doesn't matter because <laughs> we, we know what's going on here, guys, and the Bengals are going to draft Joe Burrow. Besides right. that, we have coaches talking about him. And that's where I first was like, okay, the pick is in. You know, I kind of felt like it was – the last time we heard the coaches speak, it was, well, we got to go watch Joe Burrow. We, you know, we're busy NFL coaches. We haven't seen enough. About two weeks later, we get an update from Jeff Hobson on Bengals.com where he talked to offense coordinator Brian Callahan, quarterbacks coach Alex Van Pelt. And this was, I want to say, an hour or so before Tyler Dragon's report. And I, as I'm reading it, I go, okay, he's the pick. They are saying more than enough that 
needs to confirm it. And just a few of these quotes here. First one from Alex Van Pelt on Joe Burrow. Quote, he definitely checks off a lot of boxes early on in the evaluation process. Uh, he obviously looks like a very intriguing guy. Now, that's very border baseline, but I think as they keep going, he starts talking about has, uh, how Burrow is as advertised and basically giving you all the things that they seem blown away by the level of play he sustained throughout the entire year. Yeah, Brian Callahan actually listed some specific traits that they find pretty impressive. He talks about a natural pocket feel, never takes his eyes off down the field, extends the play really, really well. That's two reallys for those that are counting at home. He's a lot faster than you might assume when you see him running away from all those SEC guys. And I think this isn't a sneaky, fast, white athlete comment. This is saying when you see him running and gaining positive yards and it looks like he's getting caught by defenders, keep in mind those are SEC players he's out running. You saw in the national championship game, he beats Isaiah Simmons to the corner. Yeah. And Isaiah right. Simmons is going to go run a 4-4-4-5 range. So he's got plenty of speed. Callahan goes on to say the ball hardly ever hits the ground in a game, which is rare. He's got incredible upfield accuracy, puts the ball in places where those guys can make plays. And these are all things we've talked about, right? The ball placement, the accuracy, the playmaking, the extending plays. And one thing that nobody's mentioned yet that I, I well, maybe a couple people, but I want to make sure we talk about is Joe Burrow has incredible contact balance for a quarterback. Oh yeah. And that's, Describe what that is first, Jake. Yeah, so what I mean when I say contact bounce is when he gets hit, you have to actually wrap him and bring him down. If you just bump Joe Burrow, even if you wrap him, he's going to stay on his feet and try to get out of And you see that against Clemson, the very first play that gets called back. He's in the grasp of one defender, bounces off another one, runs outside, throws a pinpoint pass 45 yards downfield. It doesn't affect his accuracy is the big thing for me. He can have... Yeah, either it's his own lineman or someone or a defender starts to bump him, hit him. He's got to go off balance, or he's got to hold his his ground and play on his feet. Uh, that's like that's really opposite of Andy Dalton, right? Any type of little contact or flare to him mostly knocked off his accuracy. Really, even if he didn't go down or feel like you, he really was affected by the play, you could see the little pocket movements really started to dip his accuracy. But Van Pelt goes on and keeps and he keeps going with his quote and says. Uh, he creates on the move, obviously takes care of the ball, makes good decisions. You can see that with his touchdown to interception ratio, which was 60 to 6. Uh, I got to see him in real time on the last two games of the year. And when you watch the tape, you're seeing the same thing. So he started with the final two games, Oklahoma and Clemson. Oh, my God. <laughs> he had to start with that and go, what? How, why did you tell me how good the cheese was? It's, it's good. And he comes from Green Bay. So he's right. had good cheese. That's true. I, I wanted and, to just, when you talk about the contact balance, you made a good point there that, that moving when he's off his spot, he's still accurate. That's a big deal for yeah. anyone that's watched Andy Dalton. You know, that's a big deal. The amount of throwaways you get from Dalton, because may, maybe it's just because there's nothing there, but maybe it's because he's not confident to place that ball accuracy accurately when he's, when he's flushed out. But the yeah. other thing is I watched a Matt Baldwin video last night about Joe Burrow and he highlights these couple plays where he bounces back, has some, incomplete passes, some some maybe not great decisions, and then he comes back the very next play and does something crazy good, fits the ball in a tight window, or he makes this jump pass against Texas. It oh gets highlighted God. there. And he he's, he's makes three small moves in the pocket, slide mm-hmm. steps to avoid pressure, and then pressure is collapsing on him from in front of him, so he has to jump and throw the ball, and it's, it's a perfect throw. 
Yeah, and that's uh, Pat Mahomes' throw. He does it about two weeks later against uh, Tennessee, of all teams. And I I think about Burrow a lot watching Mahomes and the Chiefs, who just advanced to the Super Bowl. But not because I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the league, but because I think they create in a lot of the same ways. While Mahomes has a super electric A-plus arm, there's maybe only three or four throws where Mahomes needs that arm. It's because he creates space horizontally as much as he does vertically that really opens up that offense and his passing lanes. And I think Burrow does the same exact things. Yeah. We watched Pat Mahomes run for a touchdown in that game against the Titans. I immediately tweeted there's Pat Mahomes with a Burrow-esque touchdown run. You see a lot of the same stuff with their legs. I think Burrow actually is probably a better athlete in terms of foot speed and, and probably contact bounce as a runner. The ability mm-hmm. to stay on his feet, break tackles, I think he might be a little bit ahead of Mahomes. And Mahomes is a really good athlete. I think people that don't watch the Chiefs often or maybe haven't, I don't know how you haven't if you're watching other teams, but uh, he's not typically some dynamic runner. He's a mover, though. He can create and he can find lanes with his feet because of it and because uh, he's such a good athlete, that allows him to throw from different platforms. And I would describe uh, Burrow the same way. Pat Mahomes, in case you're curious, ran a 4.840, had a 30-inch vert, 6.88 three-cone, and a 4.08 20-yard shuttle. Right. So. Solid, but nothing crazy. Start thinking about those combine numbers again. Just start warming up because we're going to be talking about these sorts of numbers a lot in the next couple months. It is interesting, though, how many comparables I think there are between these two players. Mahomes, like you said, obviously much better arm. He's going to succeed a lot more in that part mm-hmm. of the field where Joe Burrow struggles, which is those 11 to 20 yard outside the numbers throws that you have to put on the dime. But you can see Joe Burrow with his anticipation, with his accuracy, finding ways to deliver those balls on time accurately, even when he's not able to put it on a rope and has to put a little bit of loft underneath it. But where they're similar is their downfield accuracy in their downfield production, their ability to extend plays. Yep, off script. If if Burrow had the arm of Mahomes, we would be talking about the best QB prospect ever? Maybe maybe not, because it's still one year and he's 24. Yeah, the production's so insane. And then if he had that, obviously, we'd... I mean, I don't know how we're not all collectively going crazy as it is with excitement, but yes, we would push us over the top. But we started the segment, and I guess we'll wrap it up... uh, just with the overall feeling, I'll read that piece from Jeff Hobson on, on Bengals.com. He describes the coaches as uh, saying they're all smiling because it sounds like an understatement and maybe because they got the first crack at Burrow, but these guys are also quarterback connoisseurs and they're enjoying the prospect of getting this crop of prospects in their room the month before the NFL scouting combine. And this is when he goes on and talks about the rest of the quarterbacks that will be at the Senior Bowl this week. I'm not interested in talking about the other quarterbacks right now myself, but I do want to draw attention to one interesting quote in a Zach Taylor interview with Jeff Hobson that also went up on Bengals.com this week. Hobson asked Zach Taylor, this team in the recent past hasn't been big on going into free agency. Do you sense that shifting this offseason and being more active? Taylor gives a generically coach speak answer here, but he says that's something we're starting to go through now that we're back in the building and starting to focus on who might be out there who can help us immediately. These are conversations we're just starting to have. We want to look at every way we can to improve this team in the offseason. Joe, tell me in 30 seconds, do we think that this year might be a little bit different before we get into the salary cap outlook? It definitely feels that way. I think there's a couple factors 
amongst the Bengals of knowing when they have to reset their window and, and jump into it. And that is what they're going into by drafting Burrow. But I also think there's some CBA things and some pressure to go out and do uh, what they typically don't. Yeah, the follow-up was, given you are having free agent conversations right now that suggest there's some interest in going on the market, and Taylor responds, yeah, I think we absolutely want to find however we can improve this team. That would be a great way to supplement your team. So open interest from Zach Taylor in a way that I don't think we ever really heard from Marvin Lewis, even if it is a little coach speaky. We'll get into what free agency might look like in this little bit of a salary cap outlook here in just a minute. But before we do, you've heard our great advertisers on this show and our appreciation for the sponsors like Abco Safety. And this is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bengals fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked on Bengals will give your company the ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listeners, a Locked on Bengals podcast listener. Your company wants to connect with Bengals fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated, has disposable income to spend on your company. Well, let's get you going on this Locked On podcast. Local fans will love to support local businesses. I know we do. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go. Not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got... 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles. Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there. Go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona. Take yourself a little spring break. Plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. So Jake Lefty with that tease of free agency, and we've done some free agent Friday outlooks where we look at some of the playoff teams and even some others and try and get hopes to steal their upcoming free agents. But we really haven't jumped into the Bengals situation and how much they can potentially spend. If they spend, are they going to spend all that still is going to remain a question until they do eventually do it. But it's funny because as we're watching the 49ers pretty much dismantle the Packers, Jake and I tweet the same thing at the same time as we had a reader question, could the Bengals turn it around as fast as the 49ers did? I mean, the 49ers were coaching the Senior Bowl last year, and this is your number – is this your number four in there with Kyle Shanahan? It might be. It doesn't matter. Point is they got it turned around pretty quickly from where they were, especially from last year. And we, Jake and I both independently did not know he was doing it. He, I don't think he knew I was doing it unless he uh, hacked my account. But I we looked at the free agents and the players they traded for, the 49ers this is, and just off, right off the top, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at, at quarterback, Tevin Coleman, Kyle Juszczyk, 
Emmanuel Sanders, Lakin Tomlinson, Weston Richburg, Mike Pearson, those last three guys are offensive linemen. That sounds great. And on defense, they had a bad defense. They needed to bring in some other guys. That sounds similar situation. D Ford at edge, Quan Alexander at linebacker, Richard Sherman at corner. Now these are over a, a couple year span, except for Ford and Alexander this year. But that shows you there's 10, and there's a couple other guys that they've – Sheldon Day, another offensive lineman that's replaced Weston Richburg. Defense. That, yeah. Uh, Gar- yes. Garland's an offensive lineman. Garland, right. Sheldon Day, I meant to say, is a defensive lineman, and then an offensive lineman, Garland, who replaced yeah. Richburg when he went down. But the point is they have 10 to 12, and even a couple others, they're, they're Robbie Gold and, and um, things like that, that – you have to build a third of this, if not even more, of this roster with players from other teams from outside the organization via trade or free agency. And I think seeing that 49ers roster and, and as they're about to go to the Super Bowl uh, really strikes it and, and sends it home. Half of their guys starting in this game were acquired from other teams one way or another. And that doesn't even mention Jason Verrett, who's on IR, and he mm-hmm. came from another team as well. The other thing that's interesting that's worth pointing out, this doesn't work if this is all the players on the team, right? They've also mm-hmm. hit on draft picks in a big way. They have like six first-round defensive linemen or maybe 10. I'm not really sure. I think their entire defense was drafted in the first round. Actually, that's not true because they have Dre Greenlaw back there, fifth round pick. They've hit on both great. their line, their mid round linebackers, Fred yep. Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Yep. I mean, and we'd and, love to be able to do that. And they hit on uh, Akello Witherspoon, a third round cornerback. They hit on their safeties, Jaquiski Tart and uh, Ward, Ward back there. So they're, they've hit on a lot of draft picks. They've got a bunch of guys on first year contracts. Debo Samuel is contributing as a rookie this year. Raheem Mostert, they got on waivers after he led the NFL in yards from scrimmage in the preseason for Philly. They've kept Joe Staley for 13 years. Sound familiar with Andrew Whitworth, who the Bengals eventually let go. They've they've built this team through keeping their stud where, where applicable by hitting in the draft and by acquiring players in free agency to fill the holes. If they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo three offensive linemen from other teams. They don't have Emmanuel Sanders, D Ford, Richard Sherman, Quan Alexander. This team is not a Super Bowl team. Right. It's it's a major thing. Obviously, they have the right coaching staff in place, and when you feel you do, they have a GM in place in John Lynch. But when you feel you have the right pieces and a quarterback you can win with, and I guess there was still some debate on, on Garoppolo, but obviously they're making it as far as you can make it with the quarterback they have, but they've maximized the roster. And the talent. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, a late round trade is great or a late season trade is a great example of, you know, we're deficient in one area and one key area. And maybe without Sanders, they don't go this far. I mean, he made a few plays, but uh, obviously they're a running team and will lean on Kittle the most. But just getting that extra piece, that cherry on top to push you over the edge are things these teams do to get there. Last year, the Rams was with Dante Fowler. They need another edge athlete and they went and got one. So. Uh, I think it's very key to look at how these teams get there. And this is without even discussing the Chiefs who signed Tyron Matthew this uh, this offseason. So we'll do the Chiefs another day. But going into the Bengals, looking at their cap situation, where they're currently sitting, we know we've done this a couple times when we did the, the mock offseason with fanspeak.com. We got it up to close to $90 million after a bunch of cuts. But where they sit right now, the top 151 counts for nearly $159 million. Other total liabilities are just around $162 million. That puts them at $49 million in cap space. If you want to know how that breaks up on offense, defense, 
Offense right now is accounting for 89 million, while the defense is accounting for 65 million. There's a huge gap right there. I think they've got a lot of room to spend some money on the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to add. That does that doesn't count AJ Green, who they may add a franchise tag of what 17 million or so. They're going to put that that uh, offensive side really over the hump. They've got some room to add to the defense. But it does count Andy Dalton and Cordy Glenn, which is 26, 27 million. I don't remember what Cordy Glenn's cap hit is. I think it might be nine and a half next year, maybe 10. But once those guys are gone, you add A.J. Green back in, it looks pretty similar. They're spending more money on the offense than they are on the defense, and they have some room, like Joe said, to spend money, especially if they make some of these cap-saving moves. They, they should go into the free agency period with roughly $70 $90 million to play with, and they need to spend that money. And if they spend it all on their own guys by extending players like Preston Brown and Bobby Hart, we're going to collectively lose our minds. So I think this is why even Jeff Hobson is talking to Zach Taylor about how are we going to go into free agency this year with $90 million, $70 to $90 million to spend, and, and where's the big jump going to come from? And if you look at positional spending, because I, I think we can spend a full segment on this, but real quick, you look at it, and they're middle of the road at receiver right now. They're middle of the road at offensive line. They're going to get really low at quarterback very soon once Andy Dalton's off the books. But when you click on the linebacker, and I'm, I'm on overthecap.com, and some of the top teams like the Bears, who run a 3-4, so this is kind of not fully applicable, but you go down to the Bengals, and they're the least amount of cap space allocated to to linebacker right now at $2.3 million. The next team is at 6.3. They aren't spending anything currently at linebacker. That's where they could afford, they could dump $15 million and they'd still be number 20 out of 32. Yeah, they'd still be right in the middle of the pack, toward the bottom of the middle of the pack. And that's because they're only paying Jermaine Pratt and a bunch of guys on veteran, or not even veteran minimums, like rookie, mini, rookie right, minimums. Undrafted types. So if they extend Nick Vigil, or re-sign Nick Vigil, what's he going to make? Like $7 bucks, Maybe 10 sure. at the very, very high end? Yep. You still can go spend some money. And and if you're talking about paying Nick Vigil $8 million or paying Corey Littleton $13 million, I just hope they do the right thing. Yeah, I agree. And that's what it comes down to. I, I think when you just you go through the positional spending and you start to see where they just really stand out, I think that's how you get to the point of it's undeniable for them. And yeah, I'm with you. I, they're in. They're one of the teams you can sort it out and just look at the teams that are in position to spend a lot of money at a Corey Littleton. And the next team down from them is the Colts, who have to put, who have to pay the. Yes, Darius Leonard. Thank you. So they have to kind of be a little more careful than the Bengals do. The Bengals have to don't have to pay anybody at linebacker. They need to go out and throw the money there. Not for at least three years, and that's if Jermaine Pratt works out. And if they pay Nick Vigil, then there's a little bit of money there, but they've got to look at that unit and think this is an opportunity for improvement. The other thing is you got to hope that the free agents can be lured to Cincinnati. It's yep. going to maybe take a bit more of an overpay than some of these other teams if the perception is just as negative as it has been for the last week around the league. But they have the money to get it done, and they have the first overall draft pick. So if you're going to get a big turnaround – and I guess at this point, you know, save Zach Taylor's job because how many more chances is he going to get? I guess he'll have a rookie quarterback. Maybe he gets two more years. Mike Brown's a patient man. They just, I just want to see them stop being loyal to the wrong guys, spending money in the wrong places, and use the money instead, 
even if they have to pay a little bit more to improve right. the team. So they have to find the right deals. It's hard to do. Easier said than done, right? The 49ers hit on draft picks. They hit on their free agent signings. They've hit on their extensions. They've hit on their trades. Good for the 49ers and doing it the right way. But they are a great example, as Joe said, of a team that went from 4-12 coaching the Senior Bowl to now on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Mock Draft Monday where we will pick most likely a quarterback named Joe Burrow number one overall. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.